1: Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton.
2: That's how valuable we are to God. And he did it joyfully. Joyfully. Not grudgingly. Not, oh man, I'm sick to my stomach. I can't believe I'm selling everything to buy this. I, I mean, I hope this is the right decision. It was his joy to do it. It was his joy to go sell everything to get you and me. He looked at that deal and said, shoot, yeah, I'll do that. I'll sell everything.
1: How do you say, I love you? Do you use words like these? Or maybe you use a combination of words and actions, perhaps just actions. Imagine a man selling all he had to finalize a purchase, envision Jesus paying with his life, therefore procuring a relationship that could compare to no other, so that you and I could experience heaven because we're that important to Him. Jesus wanted to be with us that bad. Pastor Dan talks about the joy we bring Jesus. His love doesn't fade, my friend. Now here's Pastor Dan in the book of Matthew chapter 13 for today's edition of Ring of Truth.
2: It's important for us to test the spirits, to see if they're from God or not. It's important for us to just continue to be faithful to the Lord and faithful to God's word, to not compromise, to not depart from scripture, to not depart from the truth. I think the best way to identify a bird in the tree is by their attitude toward the word of God and the gospel. And what do I mean by that? Well, if you remember back in the parable of the sower, the seed that was cast by the sower the seed was the word of god and when the seed fell on the wayside the bird immediately snatched the seed away so how do you identify one of these birds well you're not going to find any seed around them you're not going to find the word of god by that i mean these false teachers again they'll say that they're christians but they're not going to have the word of God around them. They'll they'll not use the word of God, or if they do, they'll use the word of God very little. Satan wants to keep you from the word. He wants to keep you out of the word because you are born again by the word of God. You grow in your Christian faith through the word of God. So Satan's birds that are in the tree will try to keep you out of the word. And so you can ask, does this person use the Bible? Is this person preaching the Bible? Is this person pointing to scripture? Or does he use the Bible very little? Or not at all? Do I even need to bring a Bible with me? That's a, to me, that's a, that's a real easy litmus test. Do I even need to bring a Bible? Am I going to open the Bible? A shepherd feeds the sheep. A bird snatches the seed away. And so Satan will sow tares among the wheat. That's one way. And his birds will nest in the tree. And these are two tactics he uses to undermine the work of God in the world. And we're just to be aware of that. And next we have the parable of the leaven in verse 33. 33. Another parable, he spoke to them, the kingdom of heaven is like leaven, which a woman took and hid in three measures of meal till it was all leavened. So, you know, a a leaven or yeast is added to dough, and just a small amount of leaven or yeast is added to the dough, and then it works its way through all of the dough. And again, the popular interpretation of this parable is similar to the last parable. The popular interpretation is, the kingdom of god will start small in the world like a little leaven in the dough and then over time the influence of the kingdom of heaven will spread throughout the world until it influences the entire world for jesus christ and all of the world's going to be infl- you know we're going to influence the school board and the county council and federal government and academic world and the business world and Christians are just going to have this influence everywhere for the kingdom of heaven. Isn't it going to be glorious? Don't you love the influence that we are showing in the world, right? And how much the world has changed because of our great influence in the world. I'm saying that sarcastically. Now, Jesus was speaking to a Jewish audience. And in the scriptures, leaven is a symbol of sin. It's a symbol of corruption. Corruption. It's symbolic of, of teaching that should be avoided. Leaven never refers to something good or positive. The Jewish audience listening to Jesus would have never thought of something positive. Leaven represents corruption. Leaven represents sin. In Matthew chapter 16, verse 6, Jesus warns his disciples about the leaven of the Pharisees and the scribes. And the leaven of the Pharisees and scribes was hypocrisy. It wasn't something good. In 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 6, Paul warned the believers in the church in Corinth that a little leaven leavens the whole lump. And he was speaking of immorality that was tolerated in the church there in Corinth. And Paul was saying, if you don't deal with this immorality, it will spread through the entire church. And it's going to corrupt the entire church. He goes on to say, you need to purge out the leaven. And here, when Jesus says the kingdom of heaven is like leaven, that leavens the whole lump of dough, that's not something good. Again, yes, the kingdom of heaven will grow and spread. That's a good thing. But there will also be corruption present as it grows. And the corruption will also grow and spread with it. Jesus is talking about false teaching and false doctrine. False teaching will also be present in the kingdom among the professing Christians under the name of Christianity it will it will also grow, it will also spread. You know, I think of I think of like the Christian Christian cults that have grown and spread, or progressive Christianity today that is growing and spreading. Where you where you have groups that, that just deny the core orthodox doctrines of the Christian faith. Like the deity of Jesus Christ, or substitutionary atonement, or the resurrection, or the inerrancy of scripture, and so on. But they say they're Christians. And so Satan will use these three tactics to oppose what God is doing in this world. He'll sow tares among the wheat, false Christians mixed in with genuine believers to, to lead people into error. His birds will nest in the tree and Satan will mix in leaven or false doctrine to corrupt the true doctrine of the Christian faith. And again, it just causes confusion. Confusion for the non-believer, confusion for the believer. The non-believer looks on and says, well, I, I can't figure out what you guys believe. And for us as believers, it's confusing to us again, because we know people, we have loved ones, we have family members, friends, co-workers, that also identify as Christians, but they have these beliefs that they have that are contrary to the word of God, and it's all very confusing. And Jesus tells us this is how it's going to be until the end of the age. So now that brings us to verse 34. It says, all these things Jesus spoke to the multitude in parables, and without a parable he did not speak to them, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophet, saying, I will open my mouth in parables. I will utter things kept secret from the foundation of the world. So teaching in parables was a fulfillment of Old Testament prophecy. And that brings us now to the three final parables of Jesus that he spoke in this chapter. And these last three parables, he actually spoke privately to his disciples. If you look at verse 36... It says, then Jesus sent the multitude away and went into the house and his disciples came to him. So now this is a, this is a private conversation at home that Jesus had with his disciples. If you skip down to verse 44, again, the kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field, which a man found and hid. And for the joy over it, he goes and sells all that he has and buys the field again, The popular interpretation of this parable is that Jesus is the treasure hidden in the field, and we find Jesus, and we give up everything for Jesus so that we can be saved. The problem with that interpretation is it goes against everything the Bible says about salvation and the gospel. First of all, Jesus is not hidden. Jesus is not hidden. Jesus is the most well-known person in all of human history. Secondly, we do not seek God. We do not seek God. I know know it may seem to us that we seek God and we find find God, we find Jesus. We even talked that way, I, I found Jesus, you know, kind of thing. But the Bible says there's none who seek after God. There's none who seek after God. The Bible says, all we like sheep have gone astray. Every one of us has turned to his his own way. So the interpretation that says we seek Jesus and we find him, it, it doesn't fit. Thirdly, we cannot purchase our salvation. We cannot purchase our salvation. The man in this parable sells everything to buy this field so that he can have the treasure that's in that field. We cannot purchase salvation. We cannot buy the field. If, if you sell all that you have, you still will not have enough to buy the field. If all of us here sold all that we have and piled up all that we have, all the cash here in a big pile, we wouldn't have enough to buy salvation for one of us here. You can't buy salvation. Not even close. The Bible says our righteousness is like filthy rags to God. The best we can come up with is filthy rags. And so that can't be the correct interpretation of this parable. In the parable, the man is Jesus. The field is the world. We saw that in the parable of the tares, the wheat and the tares. The field is the world. Jesus is the one who sold all that he had to buy the world. Jesus left heaven. He left glory. He left majesty. He humbled himself. He became a man. He dwelt among us. And he gave his life on the cross to purchase this world so that he could have the treasure that was in this world. And what's the treasure? You.
1: We'll return to Pastor Dan's message in just a moment.
2: Search for Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City in your app store or just follow the links on our website at calvaryec.com.
1: What a great way to stay connected to Scripture. Now, back to today's message on Ring of Truth.
2: That's right. You're not a bird. You're the treasure, right? The treasure is you. The treasure is me. Look at verse 44 again. It says, For joy over it he goes and sells all that he has to buy the field. For the joy of the treasure that is hidden in that field. He's willing to sell everything to get that treasure. Jesus willingly gave his own life on the cross for you and for me. And it was his joy to save us. It was his joy to save us. Hebrews says, for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. What was that joy that was set before him? You, you were the joy. The possibility of spending eternity together with you and me brought him joy and he was willing to suffer and die in our place for our sins so we could be together with him. You and I are the treasure he gave up everything to purchase. Even in the scriptures in the New Testament, often we're described in the Bible as as the purchased of God, that were purchased by the blood of Jesus Christ, were his own purchased possession. Now, listen, give me your attention. Please give me your attention. Don't miss the value that God puts on you. Don't miss the value that God puts on you in this parable. God willingly sold everything to purchase you and to purchase me. That's how valuable we are to God. And he did it joyfully. Joyfully. Not grudgingly. Not, oh man, I'm sick to my stomach. I can't believe I'm selling everything to buy this. I I, man, I hope this is the right decision. It was his joy to do it. It was his joy to go sell everything to get you and me. He looked at that deal and said, shoot, yeah, I'll do that. I'll sell everything. You kidding me? I don't need to pray about that. God loves us so much it was worth it to him to give his only begotten son to die for us. The price was worth it to him. Now, the next parable is similar to the parable of the hidden treasure in verse 45. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant seeking beautiful pearls, who when he found one pearl of great price, he went and sold all that he had and bought it. <laughs> this one pearl. Now, in my mind, I think you sell everything you have, you know, your, your house, your cars, you you know, you liquidate your retirement account, your clothes, you're having a garage sale. So you, you can have this one pearl. And from a human perspective, we might look at that and say, well, well that, that just seems foolish. Where are you going to live? What are you going to eat? What are you going to wear? How are you going to get it around? All you got now is this pearl. Everything's tied up in this one pearl. To him, it was worth it. To him, it was, yeah, but look at this pearl I got. I, it was a great deal to me. Now, if you're a note taker, Jewish people in those days were not really into pearls because pearls come from oysters and oysters are unclean according to the law of Moses. They're they're not kosher. And, And so pearls were not valuable to Jewish people, but pearls were valuable to Gentiles. So, In this parable, just like the last one, in this parable, Jesus is the merchant who sold all that he had to purchase the pearl of great price. Through his death on the cross, Jesus purchased salvation for the Jews and for the Gentiles. He's the Savior of all. Now that brings us to verse 47. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a dragnet that was cast into the sea and gathered some of every kind which when it was full, they drew to the shore and they sat down and they gathered the good into vessels, but they threw the bad away. And so it will be at the end of the age. The angels will come forth, separate the wicked from among the just and cast them into the furnace of fire. And there will be wailing and gnashing of teeth. A dragnet, which in modern times we would call this a gill net. Uh, Gill nets are illegal in the United States now. Uh, They're also illegal on the Sea of Galilee. Uh, and the, the reason that they are illegal is because you put this net out into the water and a gill net or a drag net, it has weights on the bottom and floats on the top. And so it creates like this wall and you, ins- you put it out and you encircle a school of fish with it and they catch everything that comes into contact with it. Anything that comes into contact with the net will, will get snagged in the net including a bunch of things you don't want. Uh, as a kid uh, in Florida, back, gill nets were still legal at the time, but I went out, we had a, a, my, my sister and brother-in-law, they had a neighbor that would go out mullet fishing all the time. So he was always looking for somebody to go out with him to help throw the net out and bring the net in. And so my brother-in-law and I went out several times with him to do this. And so as you're pulling the net in, you're pulling in all kinds of things. Anything that came into contact with that net is now snagged in the net and so when you pull as you're pulling the net in what they would do is they would pull it up on the shore but as you pull the net in you have to pick everything out of the net you keep the fish you want you throw back the fish you don't want and jesus says this this is what the judgment will be like at the end of the age you know you've kind of got all kinds of fish in the net but god will separate everyone into one of two groups the wicked and the just the just are those that are going to heaven. The just are those who have put their faith and trust in the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. The wicked, we're told, will be cast into the furnace of fire where there will be wailing and gnashing of teeth. Now, I don't know if you've noticed in our study of the Gospel of Matthew, But Jesus speaks more about judgment and hell than anyone else in the Bible. Jesus does. Hell is a real place. Jesus had a lot to say about it. And he describes it as a place of fire and torment and suffering. Jesus came to provide a way of escape from hell. And when a person turns to Jesus Christ by faith, their sins are forgiven. They're reconciled to God. They receive eternal life with him. And so Jesus tells us here, as we come to the end of these parables, he tells us here that, hey, one day God will sort out everything. For now, there's going to be tares growing with the wheat. There's going to be birds in the tree. There's going to be leaven mixed in with the dough. But one day at the end of the age, God will sort out the tares and the birds and the leaven and the ungodly, and he will separate them from the righteous and the righteous will go into glory with him. And the unrighteous will be cast into the furnace of fire. And I love verse 51. We're almost finished here. I love verse 51. After giving these, these parables to his disciples, he turns to them now and he says, have you understood all these things? And they said to him, yes, Lord, (laughs) they're very confident here. Uh, You know, they didn't, well, we kind of understand, or I I think I understand, or could you go over it all one more time for me from the beginning? I'm not really tracking with you. Yes, Lord, we got it. No problem. Well, then he said to them, well, therefore, since you understand everything, every scribe instructed concerning the kingdom of heaven is like a householder who brings out his treasured things, new and old. And here's what he's saying. Listen, we have the privilege of sharing the treasures of the kingdom of heaven with others and showing them the things of the kingdom. God has shown us these things in his word and now we get to show them to others and he describes them as as treasures in a storehouse and and we can bring these treasures out for people in conversation. You know, when you're at, at the grocery store at the coffee shop or with your neighbor in the and, you know, standing in the driveway where you can just in conversation now with people in Bible study, you can just bring these treasures out from the word of God, new and old. Let me show you something in the New Testament. Let me show you something in the Old Testament. Hey, look at what this says and, and, and look at look at what God says here. And we're able now to just share the treasures of the kingdom of heaven with those in this world. Let me tell you about this kingdom. and Let me tell you about this king. And let me show you some things from his word. What a great privilege that is for us. Lord, we thank you for these parables. Lord, we thank you that you you make us aware of just the way things will be in the kingdom of heaven and how just there's going to be these things, these tares, these birds, the, the leaven. Lord, we thank you that you have provided a way of salvation for us. We thank you that Lord uh, one day you're going to you're going to sort these things out and you're going to separate these things. Lord. we thank you for the privilege that we have of sharing the treasures of your kingdom with this world. Treasures we find in your word. And we pray these things in Jesus name. Amen.
3: He asked me how I know. And I say bring sure
1: You've been listening to Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. Currently, Pastor Dan is teaching through the book of Matthew, chapter by chapter and verse by verse. This is a book that may cause you to be curious about the history before and also what comes after. If you're wondering about something you heard today, would you give us a call? Our number is 410-491-4592. We'd be happy to talk with you about anything you heard today, or to hear about how these messages are impacting your life. We'd also love to know about any prayer requests you might have. Once again, that number is 410-491-4592. Would you be willing to pray for the ministry of Ring of Truth? So many listeners may be hearing life-giving scripture they might not hear elsewhere. What an opportunity to reach people who are lost and without hope in the world. We'd be grateful for your prayers as the Word is going out through these messages. If you'd like some specifics, we'd ask that you pray that lives would be changed and that God's kingdom would have more and more souls join Him because of the truth of His Word. Thanks so much for listening today and for praying. If you'd like to hear more messages like this one, we encourage you to go to CalvaryEC.com. Next time, Pastor Dan will continue on in the book of Matthew, Right here on Ring of Truth.
3: I see the signs and I recognize the hands that craft, and then what I know because I know his voice, and it only takes